my gosh, did I hit that note? You did. You did great. Felt like it. All right. I think it's time to like get into it. Yeah. Well, we're recording. Oh, boy. <laughs> To another episode of Master of Fun Podcast. How are we doing, Laura? Uh, I'm cold. Mostly. You're cold. I'm real You're cold. cold. She has a blanket on. Um, Always. It's close to 70 in the house. <laughs> I don't know. I like it minimum 75. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. I'm like, you know, cold all the time. Right. It's in my bones. It just feels like physically painful. Mm. So I like to... Wrap up. Yeah. Drink a hot cup of coffee. Which we have freshly roasted this morning. Yeah, impressive. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a coffee snob. Me which I too. think everyone should be. They're just, just missing out if they're, if they're not having a good cup of coffee. Yeah, I, I kind of, it's like one of those things you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so you just drink coffee and you're like, whatever, Dunkin' Donuts mm, is fine. Yeah, but, but yeah, not. then you start to realize, like, I can taste and this is disgusting. Yes. Yeah. So that's how snobberies developed. Mm. But, you know, that's why you always have to be learning. Fun facts. Right. The thing about drinking a lot of coffee kind of makes you run to the bathroom quickly. Yeah. yeah. You know know what? You have to go. This is a fun fact, actually. Yes. That I recently learned. Mm -hmm. Like the dangers of holding your pee. You can't just be holding your pee. You have to go. It's the first sign Okay. That you, f- like, you feel like you have to go to the bathroom. You really do need to go. Or what? Well, what happens over time. <laughs> and what's what's long for holding? Like, you should go immediately. <laughs> okay. Like, as soon as you feel like you have to go, you, have, you should go. Mm. Because what happens is... Now, I'm going to, like, unpack the science of this <laughs> in all the wrong terms. So not really the science, but more like the my version of that. Okay. So what happens is there's like little receptors, if the, maybe if that p receptors p receptors. Yep. And so when you when you have enough p to reach the receptors, it signals that you have to go. Huh. But once you start to ignore those receptors, they stop working. <laughs> they feel ignored, and they they're don't... like, you know what? Forget it, man. Yeah. Right. I'm he- doing my job. They revolt. Yeah, and they're just like, you know what? Forget it. Right. You now it's your problem. And so, so okay. it develop. You can like lead. It can lead to incontinence, hmm. and it can lead to like leaky bladder issues, and, and just peeing your pants. Yeah. 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 I was trying to call it a leaky bladder, but yeah, basically just right. like drilling right there in your pantaloons. Huh. Okay. Yeah, so, like, I think you should go right away. So not only do we have practical life advice for the spiritual, mental, we also have the physical. Yeah, scientific. Science proved it. Receptors. Where did you read this, see this? Yes. You Googled (laughs) why not to hold your pee? I did, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what? I am a big pee holder. You're you're known for that? Yeah. Pee holder 2020. Yeah, I'm usually pretty dehydrated, so I don't drink a lot in general. And you, for the record, you drink none. Yeah. Yeah, like water is not even existed. It's foreign to your body. Right. I'm trying. You're you're actually like 
30% water, 70% everything else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's why I'm always cold because I'm missing 90% right. of my body mass, which should just be hydrated flesh, but it's just dehydrated. Sure. So, um, yeah, that's such a gross kind of image, but it, it is. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't drink a lot in general. And I am very, because I don't drink a lot, I don't usually have to go to the bathroom. And so it's very off putting to have to get up and go to the bathroom. Right. When I do have to go. Such an inconvenience. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have time for this. And so I ignore these receptors who are just kind of like, you know what? Okay. Yeah. D- do you, homie. And then I'm going to have like, I have to wear Depends real early in life, I bet. Sorry, Tom. So I'm trying to reverse that. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Re-teach them. Yeah, I'm trying to be like, I hear you, and I value you. Yeah. There's some (laughs) trust that has to be rebuilt there. Yeah, I've damaged the relationship. That's good. Hey, actually, that is like a good segue into like some parenting strategies. Right. Damaging the relationship and having to repair. Yeah. We're doing that a lot We won't start it like how you did potty training. Um, although that would be a really good segue, but, uh, yeah, last week you started getting into some parenting stuff. You actually did, um, you spoke at a couple events, right? As far as just parenting and yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. About parenting events? About the events, like what you actually went over there. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think that depending on the age of the kids, obviously, but when I do events for young parents, mostly young moms, um, I talk, a lot of it is about discipline. People have a really hard time finding like a one size fits all discipline strategy. Mm. Um, some kids are really unaffected by certain types of discipline and other kids are highly affected by various types of discipline. And so I think that people want to find like a one size fits all that fits all of their kids. And that's really hard to do. Um, I would. Yeah. I mean, I don't have kids, but to me, it seems like you can't just open up a box of parenting and apply it to all. No, no, no. Do you what what forms of discipline do you remember as a kid being effective for you? Um, (laughs) Wow. I remember, you know, some of the things that even like having our weekly chores, Mm -hmm. we had like a a chores list Mm -hmm. and you know ours would always switch around but like now this was as a form of discipline like if you got in trouble no but uh okay so as discipline well we had the spanking but i got out of some of the spanking yeah why don't you tell us a little is this what you're trying to get to well i could once we were talking about discipline i was like oh "Oh, you know it'd be fun to unpack um there was i don't remember i'll make this story short but there was something i did when i was little um that i knew my dad wasn't home. He was still at work, you know, and it was one of those scenarios of wait till your dad gets home and uh, he'll deal, deal with you. So when we'd get too rowdy, our parents would, would you know, spank the buns. <laughs> and um, so I knew that was coming for whatever happened. So I was racking my brains for whatever way I could get out of it. And, of course, the first thing that anyone would naturally think of is put on seven pairs of underwear. Put on all the underwear you own. (laughs) Yeah, so that they can't get to the buns. Right. That's the protective layer. So that's what I did. G.I. Joe, Ninja Turtles, uh, California Raisins. All the the 80s, 90s. uh, Yeah, you said Bundies because that's what your kids call Yeah, Jay calls them Bundies. Yeah. Yeah. So I found all the Bundies I could. (laughs) And um, so my dad got home. I 
looked like my I just had pants overstuffed and he actually started laughing so much when he came up to spank me that I got out of it. Yeah. And so this is when it you worked. learned rules don't apply to you. Right. Yeah. So that laughter gets you out of things. Yep. If you're funny, you can get your way around in life. Yeah. Um so any kids listening out there, put them all on. Put all put throw them bundies all up in a pile. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, but so it's not a one size fits all. No, is basically the idea, and so people are always grasping for straws. So we, t- when I do these events, I will speak quite frequently about discipline and how we work. Um, we how we work with five different kids and five different personalities. Like I've got five kids from three different fathers. <laughs> wow, I know, and three different mothers. So oh. explain that quickly <laughs> to people that don't know your, your story. Quick. Yeah. We know you got pregnant in college, but Before they, all uh, the people. <laughs> hit pause and throw their phone into the pool. Oh, no. Yeah. So we have our two older daughters, um, 15 and 13 years old. And then we adopted our first son, who is now 11. And then we had another biological daughter who's nine, and then we adopted a final time, another little boy who's now six. Awesome. So, yeah, so we've got all these different biological so histories. that's all the parents, yes. That's all the parents. Okay. Different biological histories and personality types and biology and, uh, you know, nature, nurture. We've got a lot happening, two different, right. you know, we've got a bunch of different scenarios, so you just don't know what's going to work for each kid. So we've kind of found a strategy a parenting strategy or discipline strategy i should say when there is some sort of offense Mm -hmm. and how we handle that and so this is something that i parents like kind of eat up because they're like please give me steps step by step guide okay so what would you say to someone who's got teenagers they're on the phone a ton they're Mm. you guys are just getting into annalee is now in high school right how have you guys started to approach that are you still feeling it out Mm -hmm. um Give us some yeah, I think, deets on that. Yeah, I think even that isn't a one-size-fits-all because in reality, each kid has different a different threshold for <laughs> obedience. Not for obedience, but for like a lot of people are really self-driven with that. They're like, oh, I don't want to be one of those kids on the phone all the time. And then most kids right. are not like that. They're sure. just kind of like they're going to do the minimum required all of them. All the screen time they can get. Yeah. yeah. They're not going to self – they're not in the self-denial phase. Right. Um, so I think it depends on the kid. And with Annalie, honestly, we've been spoiled. That's my oldest. Uh, we've been a little spoiled because we've not had to do a lot of, I put a lot of good hours into that one, Mm -hmm. um, early on. (laughs) So, but she's more of a moderator herself. Mm. So she's not, she doesn't require a lot of us reining her in right but still we wanted to establish rules right from the beginning and stuff and we were we also were late to the game with technology they didn't really have screens Mm -hmm. you know one of my neighbors calls me like the 1980s mom because they're all (laughs) just playing in a broken sprinkler in the yard no shame in that no you know what it was worked for all of us kind of (laughs) (laughs) i mean arguably somehow we passed all the time without phones right right so yeah so i've kind of like introduced them late because i wanted as much brain development as possible before they are immersed in that but also she still has no social media which um and there's not like unfiltered access to the internet it's yeah yeah. she's got parameters for sure 
Um, so you got based on what you guys think is enough for her for and Marley just got a phone as well. Yeah, well, she got a phone on her own because she tell knew that that's had, pretty amazing how she yeah. got this phone. Well, Marley's there was no incredible. yeah, there was no world in which I was purchasing a phone, an iPhone for an eighth grader. Like uh-huh. she had a, a hand me down track phone, and uh, just for like come pick me up, practice is over type of scenario. Right. But she really wanted a phone, and she there was this book auction at school. It starts like the last day. Uh, it started the last day of her seventh grade year. She's now in eighth grade, and it went through March. And basically, for every one hundred pages you read, you have to write an essay response, like all these different questions you have to answer and compare. And this was the like characters. a school wide thing. Yeah, school wide, like middle school to high school, I believe. Okay, and um. The you, you for every hundred pages you read, you have to write a response, and um, it's pretty involved. Yeah. Uh, so you also get these book books that you can use in like an auction format, so to so to speak. So basically, she, her goal was to win, like to lead the school in number of pages read, mm-hmm. in order to have the mo- the best chance of bidding on an iPhone because that so was one of the one of the prizes. prizes. Yes. Wow. So she not only won, but she won by like I think tens of thousands of pages or like by thousands. three Moby Dick sized books. Yes, yeah. She there was like no way anyone was gonna catch her to the That's to incredible. the to the degree that the librarian who was kind of overseeing the prizes actually pulled Marley in to select her own iPhone because they're like you're gonna win and we know you this is what you want. You read every book in this library yes. twice. We yes. think you have it. That's awesome. Yeah, she had to have she she read um, she wrote so many responses. Like wow. reading is one thing, but yeah. like to read and then reflect on it and compare characters to other books and That's crazy thematic elements you're comparing to other novels. Like it was pretty impressive. Wow. So, so anyways, that's how she got her phone. Yeah, so it was hard to argue. I'm like, she worked so hard. So yeah. we're going to be like, nah. But the funny thing was I went to this book auction, and literally nobody else even bid on this iPhone. So she got it. She got, ended up buying, getting so much other stuff oh, because wow. it was super cheap because nobody <laughs> wanted the iPhone because everybody already has them. That's incredible. I know. Wow. It made me feel so bad for her. I was Aww. like, oh, you're literally the only one in school that doesn't have an iPhone? That's precious. We oh, made you earn man. it. Yeah. <laughs> Poor thing. But she's got yeah. it now. So she, how is she as far as like wanting screen time as opposed to Annalie? Are they, do you have, do you have to approach them differently? We do. We do approach them differently, partly because she's younger. I mean, she is, she is, she has less brain development when she's introduced to the phone. Right. So, but what she wanted was she wanted our, the Bible app. Nah. She wanted the Northridge app, which is our church. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she can follow, like do the sermon notes right there in her phone. She wanted to be able to FaceTime and Marco Polo, f- her family, because we do these like family kind of chat strings, right, and she right. misses out on that. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to be included in that, and she wanted to be able to call her friends or grandma or whoever yeah. without it eating up minutes. Okay. So we were like, oh, you don't even need the internet on there. You don't even need, like, she's not wanting, they're not interested in social media or anything like that. They just want to not track minutes. They want to not ask me to go to Target to get more minutes. Right. No, I don't want to go to Target to get more minutes. So <laughs> your kids, it sounds like you don't have to throttle much. What, what would you, how would you approach it if you 
had to. Well, yeah, and honestly, we we wanted to wait longer because I could see Marley being like harder, uh, having a harder time kind of re- regulating that. And right. so what we did going into it, I think a lot of it is preventative. Like starting later, I think helps. Um, the longer you can hold off, I think that the better it is, the more maturity they have surrounding mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they've seen all their friends be super obnoxious with right. their phones. Right. Going to sleepovers and not having conversations because they're all like Snapchatting. Yeah. Off. Well, and I think a lot of times, like, they see how much the parents are using it. And with any moms or dads on social media constantly, or they're, they're setting the example. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, my parents aren't. I don't where I. I feel like it's almost a norm now where kids are just growing up with parents that are sort of disconnected because they're connected to their phones. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so modeling it obviously is super helpful. And then uh, starting late I think is important. But once we it was time for Marley to get her phone, we actually I, – I had her interview a minimum number of people. Yep, with, I got some of those texts. Yep, yeah. So she had to ask friends and family and other adults right. in her life about these various questions. So she asked questions like, what do you think are reasonable time limits? And what are some things that you wish you knew before you had a smartphone? And what do you think are common struggles for kids my age? So she had she That's was good. able to hear from her friends and from other adults um, in her life about like, you know, just little things that might trip her up that she could hear from other people, not just us. So, yeah, so that was helpful. And then, um, and then I think that we're big on like no phones in the bedroom. Like they stay downstairs overnight. There's like a little parking lot. They charge their phones overnight and they don't bring them up in the room. Uh, Annalie now will, with permission, we'll let her bring her phone up, but yeah, I think that those are some practical tips. If she like reads that. a thousand more books, she can bring it up to her. <laughs> yeah, room, yeah. Which she will by the end of summer. So don't don't promise that. <laughs> right. No, but I I read that if you if your phone is connected to like the little pad of internet, what is the thing? The wireless thing. The wireless charger? No, the server thing. The little the thing that gives you internet. Oh. Like a router? Yeah. Uh-huh. If it, your phone is like, connected to the router, yeah. it, it makes plants die. Like, the closer that a plant is in proximity to the router, oh. the less they thrive. So don't so, have it near your head. Well, yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, kids with their phones, you know, connected to headphones overnight, like yeah. under their pillow or right next to their heads. I'm like, oh, if it kills a plant, what's it doing to my kid's head? Adults, they can use it, you know? Well, I do. Let their heads fry. I know. I don't know. Yeah. And think in 10 years, we're going to see what all these are doing to our heads and Well, faces. nothing good, I can tell you yeah. that much. Right. It's not, it's not giving us more power <laughs> no. in life. <laughs> we're, yeah, no, yeah. Not good. So I feel like hold off and put strict parameters on there. And honestly, I think... They kids will push back, but I also think they want somebody saying, "Hey, this isn't good for you," and so no. Good. Well, this is good um, because the phones are like such a specific thing yeah. with with parenting. I know next week we're going to talk a bit more about some steps for discipline and what it's like putting your kids to bed and all the basic little kids. Yeah, strategies. your tattle tax. You can get into that. Yes. Uh, so this was great. Alright, well, let's go warm up. Yeah, you you need another blanket? <laughs> I need a snowsuit. Yeah, I think you do. <laughs> that would be great. Um, great. Well follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 
Master of Fun Podcast. Master of Fun Podcast, yes. Hey, also, don't forget to give us a call, 585-210-3036. Leave us a voicemail and give us questions, comments, concerns. And this is us signing out. We'll see you next time.